This is the Head on Collision Podcast. Hey guys, this is Clay. Today we got to talk about one of my favorite subjects of all time, and TJ, I'll tell you a little bit about it. We talked about carb cycling, its utility, and how to properly implement it to get the best results. So how's your uh, nutrition been lately? What, how's your diet been? It's been pretty solid ever since the training has increased. My training has been better since we've been lifting together. My nutrition has been pretty much back on point. I don't really do too much sugar junk for the most part, no matter what. But most of my carbs, I just put pre-workout. So either pre-workout, intra-workout, or post-workout. Mm -hmm. I've been sticking to that pretty well. In the mornings, I do just like whole eggs, avocado, some protein and fat combination. And then similar thing for dinner, like a, I do a steak or a nice red meat and then just put it on a big salad, so greens. Sometimes I'll put like bell peppers, tomatoes, stuff like that in it. But for the most part, I've just been back on track for what I normally do is put all my carbs right around my training and then outside of training. So um, either breakfast and dinner, I cut my carbs just so it allows my body some time to stay sensitive to when I do eat carbs. Yeah. I go a kind of an extended period of time without glucose in my bloodstream. I see. Have it, you said it changed a little bit. How was it bad before or just like not the way you liked it to be? Kind of what was that like? Uh, pretty much I just wasn't eating enough because I was doing when my training is not that good I just fast and almost go back to like a keto approach because I enjoy eating that way and it keeps me mental, mentally like good to go like cognitive functions just off the charts when you're doing something with like keto and stuff like that so it was more like that less protein when my training wasn't as good now that my training is my intensity is back up that's why I'm packing in more carbs and I'm definitely hitting my protein mark again, which I pretty easily consume three, three fifteen and protein a day. Was that's without powders or anything? Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. Do you have like a set number or is that just you try to hit that every time or like is, is that just where you end up? So I normally aim for about three hundred grams of protein mm -hmm. per day. I've done periods of times where I ate 450, 500. Yeah, definitely. And it's because I enjoy meat so much. Yeah, it's, it, it gets sometimes it gets expensive, um, but for the most part, that's something that I really enjoy as well is hitting the hitting the protein really, really hard whenever I can. Um, but yeah. Yeah, one of my buddies that will probably be listening to this episode, I've been working with him a little bit. He's a big boy, like 6'6", six, six probably. And he got up in the mid 400s I'm sure like I think he dipped back down to the 300s now but one of the biggest things I was trying to get him to do I'm like you gotta get your protein up he's just on like minimal food right now because we haven't like officially started working together I've been giving him a lot of tips and then I'll just ask him questions like how things were going and he'll show me meals I'm like what's your protein at for the day because he's in car sales like he gets busy throughout the day so yeah. like, what's your protein at and it's always super low. Like the other day, he sent me a, a screenshot. His protein was at like 80 some grams. And he was going to have like cottage cheese and a shake before bed. But still, it was only going to be up to like 120, maybe 150 grams. Not even close and to where he needs to be. He's used, he's he's a 400 pound guy. Just huge frame, like big boy. So yeah. 
not in a bad way. Like we all we both started there. We know how it is. Yeah, like he needs to get his protein up so he doesn't sacrifice like metabolic rate and so many other things. So I keep pushing him. We got to get that protein up. Yeah, and that's like one of the biggest things that was hard for me also like to figure out was how much protein I was, should be taking. And like when you're young and you you you're overweight and you want to get down to like what wherever it may be. Like you start looking online for this and that, and you can't get a right answer, you can't get a solid answer. But um, you know, one of the things that not a lot of people realize is that it's the hardest thing for your body to digest is protein. So just by eating protein, you burn more calories to digest it. So literally, by starting off, whether it be your first meal in the day of protein, like that gets your metabolism going really quick. So one of the biggest things that I guess we talked a little bit about our weight loss. And the first episode we did, but one of the biggest things that helped me out was hitting that protein off and getting the right amounts too, just because of that digestion and speeding up my metabolism. So, And it's essential for the thyroid sending hormone for the brain. So your body will downregulate the thyroid sending hormone if you're not consuming proper amounts of protein. So that's one of the biggest issues why your like, thyroid downregulates is that original thyroid sending hormone comes from the brain and protein's a huge component of that hormone. Or that signaling. Yeah, I gotcha. So up ramping that up is going to in turn like that like hand in hand increase how much your thyroid's working for you as well, right? Um, in theory, yep. Yeah, like for if sure. you are eating adequate proteins, your thyroid's gonna function adequately. If you're not eating enough, your body's gonna be like, We're not getting enough and we're gonna slow down our energy expenditure, which is what the thyroid regulates. Mm-hmm. Um so big thing is I always try to get people's proteins up because it's also the highest in the thermodynamics so like you said it takes the most for our bodies to digest and burn protein so that's how they listed it was number one for increasing calorie burn guy rest basically yeah and that's like think even when I work with like my weight loss clients a lot of the times um, that is the number one thing I recommend is like when you wake up in the morning, whether it be a protein shake or, you know, getting, you know, actual foods from like, a, you know, your egg source or, you know, any kind of sausage, anything like that, that's something that's like almost a must do for, for like somebody that wants to lose that weight because of the digestive properties and as well as, you know, like I said before, kind of boosting that metabolism off right as soon as you wake up in the morning. So instant recommendation for, for all of my clients was that when you wake up, Hit the protein shake. If you can't hit the protein shake, do some eggs, something like that, um, just to get your metabolism going quick in the morning. So definitely something that I'm a firm believer of in the protein. But yeah, that's pretty cool to hear, especially from somebody you're working with right now. So yeah. What about you? What's your food been looking like recently? So yeah, I've actually been doing the carb cycling plan. I've been doing it. I've done it on and off for you know what two or three years. But I kind of we kind of talked about what when that kind of started in episode one with my weight loss. I kind of got uh, you know when I got super serious about it and wanting to lose weight, I was looking for plans left and right and how to lose weight quick and all this stuff. And I came across carb cycling and from a guy uh, named Michael Morelli, who I am a firm believer of and an avid follower of as well. He's one of, uh, you know, somebody who I look up to as a kind of a fitness role model, but he basically started putting out these videos. And if you follow him, you'll, you know, you'll learn or you already know that he was broke when he started putting out these videos in his mom's basement. 
and uh, had no money at all, but started putting out these videos on carb cycling and how it would do for you. And of course, as a kid, I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> seeing these videos from basically like a phone, like a small or, or a small camera setup, like seeing these things thinking, you know, is this really going to work? But I gave it a shot with the carb cycling and how you regulate going really high carbs one day and then going from really low carbs one day. And that's basically what helped me shed all my weight back when I lost, you know, a total of 100 pounds. Because, you know, whenever you, you make that leap, when my, my highest was around that 320 mark. Whenever you make that leap, it seems like the first couple you know what six months or so weight kind of comes off pretty easily when you just change up a couple little things but then you hit this really hard plateau and that's where I was when I looked into the car cycling because I was a rider on that 280 and I wanted to be down to 220 and it was super super hard for me to lose that extra 60 pounds so got to doing a bunch of research on a couple different plans that I could do um, came across the guy Michael Morelli saw these videos and uh, instantly I knew the guy knew what he was talking about because he just he like I said before he kind of came off to an audience that already had an idea about what macros were and what this and that was so he wasn't really preaching to a you know a whole audience of you know everybody he was more preaching to like I guess people who had been looking for a way to do it and kind of got some education behind it all as well so did the carb cycling plan which is still like I said I'm on and off it a lot um kind of you know now and um, do it quite a bit right uh, uh, currently that's what the plan I'm doing right now is carb cycling I've been doing it solid for about three months and lost quite a bit of weight off of it so far in the last three months and I'm about to take it up a notch because there are several different levels you can kind of start with kind of an easier approach to it um, so that way your body's not like right into this fat burning torching mode and then you get really tired on the days so that you don't have any carbs and you just kind of get into a bad mood almost and that's kind of what I did the first time I did it so definitely kind of took my way it took my time with this one I don't have any drastic um, need to lose a bunch of weight immediately so I'm doing this one a little bit more a little bit better but um, since since I've lost all my weight he actually published a book Michael Morelli published the book The Sweet Potato Diet which is all about sweet potatoes and all about how you can use them in a carb cycling plan to lose a crazy amount of weight and he has this he has some pretty crazy promises with him but everybody I've talked to um, including you know somebody who's just started borrowed the borrowed my book is my mother-in-law and she lost uh, up to, I think she lost 11 pounds in the first like three weeks of doing it. And just an amazing amount of weight just from altering those couple of things and only eating sweet potatoes as your carbs. So I think that's one of the biggest things we're going to go into today is carb cycling. Kind of what it is, uh, you know, kind of you know, the truths, the myths, whatever it may be on, on this. But um, how well versed are you in carb cycling, TJ? You know a lot about it? I have a pretty good understanding of virtually how carbs work in the body. So the concept of carb cycling makes a lot of sense based on keeping your body sensitive to like insulin sensitivity. So when you do have carbs, your body regulates them better. Um, obviously, it's a pretty simple process once you get the basics down. But it's nice because your body can only store glucose in three places for the most part, which is liver, intermuscular, probably where all of us want it. Mm -hmm. And then outerpost tissue fat, so stored for energy as a later source. So a lot of people, when they have excess, a lot of excess fat, like it's basically just stored energy. So when you have 
all that extra stored energy. They've shown st a bunch of studies where when your body, you have higher body fat, your insulin sensitivity is downregulated. So your body doesn't partition glucose nearly as well. So a higher percent of those glucose goes into adipose tissue fat, which nobody wants. I don't care who you are, like you don't want to just store extra fat for no reason. So along that same line, carb cycling is nice because it allows you to be in a good calorie deficit because you bring your calories down by bringing carbs really low and allows your body time to actually start tapping into the stored energy sources and then obviously the concept of the high carb day or the refeed is a replenish your liver, replenish um, intermuscular glucose and then give your body what it needs to keep leptin and ground levels like where they're supposed to be mm -hmm. so it manages appetite and so you keep your calories burning at rest higher because if you just want low carb right away and stuck to low carb your body's going to downregulate very fast and you're going to start burning less calories at rest so you have to lower calories even farther to continue progressing where with carb cycling when you throw that high carb day in every third or fourth day you're making sure your body doesn't downregulate or like going to people refer to it as starvation mode. Mm -hmm. So basically your high carb day is just as a way to replenish glucose needed in the liver and like other functions of the body, uh, increase your performance in the gym, and then make sure your body doesn't downregulate too far so you keep burning your calories that you started at. So when you do go back into low carb days, you're tapping back into fat stores instead of just burning off what you're taking in. Yeah, for sure. So compared to, you know a lot about keto because you do that, you know, you've done that quite a bit and I know quite a bit about carb cycling. Tell me from what you know, kind of your understanding of carb cycling, how would you relate it or how closely would you relate it to like a keto sense of things? Obviously you still get the carbs in every now and then from cycling when you do high carb days, but compared to a keto sense, you know, how do, what, how do they compare? Well, if you've been in ketosis before, it's easier for your body to start using ketones energy. So on your low-carb days, your body will eventually burn through the glucose that you ate, and then you'll tap into fat stores, which basically people refer to as fat-burning machine. Your body's going to start using fat as its main energy source, so then you're going to be running on ketones. So for the most part, after the first day or so, once you burn through the glucose actively, in your bloodstream, you're most likely going to switch over to a ketone fuel source, especially if your body's already been in ketosis before. It's going to make that process of switching back over easier. The trick is you won't be in like a, a medical level ketone, yeah. like ketosis level, because there is actual medical uses for the keto diet, mm -hmm. and it's measured by millimolars in the blood. You'll never get to that mark doing a carb cycling approach because you won't be low carb for that long, long enough period. gotcha yeah yep. so that's another thing i was going to ask too so the way i've always thought about it is carb cycling is get you very close to being in a ketosis state and then right before you get there you kind of pull yourself right out of it would that be kind of act would you say that's accurate or yeah it definitely could be because obviously once you lower carbs that's the main thing you're doing keto for is the lower inflammation lower your carb intake, lower like blood sugar levels, which is just glucose in the bloodstream. So yeah, you'd be 
on your way to getting into ketosis and then obviously you just refill with the glucose instead of waiting for your body to switch over gotcha yeah for sure definitely and that's kind of what i that's what i do as well like with myself is you know i'll have those days where i'm going to uh you know two low carb days or a low carb day and then even a no carb day which no carb days can get pretty brutal um but i'll go those you know two in a row or you know sometimes during the week when i'm going on my you know with a more aggressive carb cycling plan what i like to do is i'll run through and do a low carb day a low carb day followed by a no carb day and when i do that it drops me really low and you can feel it happening i know a lot of people will say when they enter ketosis and especially someone who's never tried it before they instantly start feeling they start like a dragon you know they they feel way different and things like they aren't as sharp as they normally are because they're not used to it um but that was one of the things when i very first started carb cycling i instantly felt that um, when i hit those low carb day those two low carb days followed by a no carb day like that was something i felt big time and it was actually something that like um, affected me quite a bit for like the first couple of months of carb cycling because it would I would literally on my hard, high carb days I would go crazy and we'll talk about all the foods that people do for high carb days here soon but uh, as you know like for for myself cheat meal as I mentioned several times cheat meal for me is pizza it almost always is pizza because I'm addicted for some reason. I've got a problem, but um, I'll go, I'll literally eat a bunch of pizza and that would yank me obviously crazy out of that no, that no carb state because in the morning, you know, on high carb days, you do your normal sweet potatoes or your rice or all that jazz. And then at night for, for my cheat meal, you know, I eat clean, but I eat high carb. And then for that cheat meal, whatever I wanted, if as long as it was in pizza shape, in pizza form, I would eat it and I would eat as much as I could. So that would yank me out of that big time. Um, but that's, you know, like I said, it, you get to feeling d- different, weird, like in, a, like in that keto state. Like you're almost there in a sense. Um, but like I said, that's you kind of yank yourself right out of there as soon as you pile up those high carbs. And by fluctuating that back and forth, there's so many benefits from doing that. Um, that can basically help anybody first off with losing weight, but also with muscle gain and muscle maintenance too. That was one of the best parts about doing the carb cycling plan was while I was on it, I didn't hardly see any muscle loss. So I was able to maintain all my muscle while losing that much weight. So that was one of the biggest benefits for myself, um, was maintaining my strength and my muscle mass. So when you do a crazy cheat meal like that, how far do you feel like it sets you back? Because obviously at the end of the day, it's uh, net calories in versus calories out and what your body's burning at rest versus what you're consuming. So if say you were normally in a three, 400 calorie deficit on your medium or low carb mm-hmm. days, and then maybe like five, 600 on no carb days. And then if you go crazy and you're in a, 2,000, 3,000 calorie surplus, like for net week, how much do you think you're actually in a calorie deficit? Yeah. So that's very, that's very true. And I'm glad you asked because a lot of the times when I do eat, and this is what's amazing. What another reason why I absolutely love the carb cycling plan. And I've told you before, I can go out and eat literally like an extra large pizza, half of it. Like I can destroy like a, a, a giant pizza and I will still see weight loss the next morning from doing it. Now we talk we talk a little bit about the hormones of leptin and ghrelin, um, and obviously you know 
having your leptin levels high and eating consistently like that's going to help you with your with weight loss and burning fat um but when that happens like it shoots basically we talk about refeed meals and granted pizza is a cheap meal but with basically throwing all that leptin in your system definitely keeps that at very steady rate of fat loss and fat burning so when i do am in kind of a deficit mode during my low carbs and my no carb days and then i shoot up on a high carb day and get into a surplus i hardly ever see any kind of weight gain so i can eat that much and eat that heavy um, now everybody's going to be different of course i've been doing this for a long enough time um, so if you're brand new to it and you try it out it might not work the exact same way but um for myself at least, whenever I eat that much and can do that much, then that instantly helps me uh, you know, keep those hormone levels high enough to where I can, like I said, literally I never see any weight gain from eating that much, especially on a cheap meal, as long as I do it you know, once a week. Now if I was eating pizza every single meal of every high carb day, yeah, that would be a problem. But like I said, for that refeed meal especially, um, that's something that I almost always get on the scale the next morning and I've lost weight from eating basically my cheat meal. And it's when I tell people, you know, about how carb cycling is so like it, because I love it. I think it's great. When I tell people about, you know, you can do carb cycling and you can eat pizza or whatever is your cheat meal that you want it to be. And you can eat quite a bit of it and you're not going to see much weight gain. Everybody's very, very skeptical. Like they look at me like I'm not a personal trainer. They look at me like, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about at all. But in a sense, that's one of the best benefits that I see in the carb cycling is by doing that, I can still eat the foods that I want to eat in moderation and still see a very, very positive in my weight loss journey. So That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely people that are going to be hyper-responders. So your hormones are going to spike and respond faster than some other people's might. Um, the only thing that I... So even on my refeed meals, you've seen it before. Mine stay pretty clean. Because mm -hmm. uh, based on how glucose is going to enter the bloodstream and how basically it's glycemic index or how sustained it's going to be. I don't really like to pair high fat and high carbs because that impairs your body's, generally it impairs your body's ability to divide up and uptake the glucose where you want it. Plus when you spike insulin, like if you synthetically use insulin hypothetically, and you put fat in, so you have fatty acids in your body, it is going to shut everything. Insulin just clears the blood. So that's it's, its only job is to clear up the blood, get everything out of the bloodstream. So if you had protein and carbs, you're pairing amino acids with glucose, and you're jamming them into the blood or into the muscle where you want them. That's a very anabolic state to be in. But if you have, say, high fat, you have protein and you have your carbs, but you also throw high fat in there. Now you have those fatty acids, and it's also going to take those and shove them out of the bloodstream. So you're going to be storing those fatty acids straight in the fat. So a lot of people that say hypothetically in the bodybuilding world, if they're supplementing insulin to use it for its growth benefits, you would want to take in almost no dietary fat in the state of elevated insulin, which... Even when I go about my cheat meals and refeed meals, I try to be cautious of having really, really high fat 
with really, really high carb. So hypothetically, if I'm gonna do a steak cheat meal, like my favorite cut of steak is a ribeye, I don't know if yours is or isn't, you're basically crazy if it's not. Ribeyes <laughs> are by far the best cut of meat. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, best cut of beef, I mean. I love the filet. The filet is where it's at, my friend. Big, like thick, so juicy filet. They are overrated, I'll give it that. They are overrated. I mean, they're not like crazy good, especially for what you pay for it, but. Um, to be honest, like if it wasn't a fillet, I'd probably go T-bone. I mean, you get the, you get the strip and you get the fillet on both sides, so it's just like a really great cut of meat there for you on the T-bone. So when's the last time you had a ribeye? So you probably you probably be surprised. Um, obviously, being at home with the farm, having having the having the freezer full of beef, we actually do ribeyes quite a bit. Um, now recently, I probably haven't had one in a while, but I, growing up as a kid, we did ribeyes, T-bones, porterhouses. Um, we had a bunch of sirloin, obviously, but um, yeah, I did I did that quite a bit. And out of them all, I think my dad is a huge ribeye fan, but for myself, I was always wanting the T-bone steaks. So yeah, that's just how I grew up. I don't know why. <laughs> so you don't know if there's any reason behind it, because most people when they're looking at a steak like that, they want to big fatty piece of meat because that fat the uh, marbling is flavor and when you cook a ribeye in some ghee good stuff it's so good I've, I've seen a lot of people and I've never actually like tried it but a lot of people love putting like giant scoops full of butter or some like fat yeah. source on top of their steak that, I've never done it before oh my I'm gonna make you a ribeye and you're gonna change your <laughs> perception try it That'll, there you go low carb cheat meal right there <laughs> it's gonna change your perception and ghee is just grass fed butter yep for so. sure definitely yep. I've, I've used ghee quite a bit before it's pretty cool I had uh, back actually back when I had a uh, one of my Indian clients um, from India, she was, uh, she told me, like, we used to talk about cooking all the time, because, like, during rest, like, because I had, like, I don't know anything about that culture hardly at all. So I was, like, talking to her all the time, and she was the nicest lady, super, super great, and she lost quite a bit of weight with me as well. Um, but we, uh, <laughs> We, we got to talking about how she cooks and this and that. And she was like, have you tried ghee before? And I had no idea what it was. I was like, no, I have no idea. And she's like, she told me what it was and kind of what it did. And she told me, she's like, go get ghee. She's like, go buy some ghee. You can get it, you know, a couple of places I can get it from. So I went and got some. And like the smell is amazing. Like when you're cooking anything in ghee, literally like it's, it's, it's like concentrated butter like a small scoop gives you like what the butter would be of like something big so i like it a lot but so i use that quite a bit but that's a little bit off topic but back to carbs uh, and fats i'm glad you brought that up because that is something that i do want to kind of talk about with the carb cycling so we'll kind of go in plans and days and stuff like that here a little bit later but with the carbs and fats you talk about clogging up bloodstream stuff like that insulin sensitivity and all that jazz Anytime you're going a low carb day, your fats are naturally going to be a lot higher because it's hard to, obviously you don't have that energy source. So, you know, fat and carbs, both are energy sources that we can use. So you want to increase your fat content as you're going through low carb days. And then obviously for, our, I think I said that wrong. Um, you want to increase your fats on low carb days. 
and then you want to decrease your fats whenever you spike your carbs. So on high carb days, whenever I'm eating like that much, now granted, especially with pizza, you're going to get the fat from the cheese and you're going to get the fat from some of the meats, but um, on when I don't have cheat meals and when I'm just doing repeats meals, I'll try to like stay completely away from any kind of fats and just go sweet potato and lean meat or sweet potato and eggs, like without the uh, just egg whites. So I'll do stuff like that on my high carb days, but because I'm glad you touched up on that because that is something you do not want to do because then on top of just being not the best for your system, you're in a crazy high calorie surplus as well because those fats really get you. So um, yeah, definitely I'm glad you kind of hit on that because that's a big aspect of, uh, of the carb cycling plan is to try to fluctuate both. But the one thing that I didn't say changed was your protein because you want to keep your protein like we said at the beginning of the episode, keep that protein the same the whole time. So what are the biggest benefits of somebody like one or obviously we talk about the weight loss benefits and how quickly you can lose weight off carb cycling. What are some of the other benefits of somebody's like, you know, maybe I don't need to lose weight. What are, what would we tell somebody if it's just a healthy lifestyle to have, what are some of the benefits carb cycling can give people? Uh, mainly it's going to again, focus on resting blood sugar levels. So a lot diabetes is one of the biggest issues in this country right now. And it's because people chronically overeat fast, very processed carbs, a lot of sugar, and our bodies don't need that on a daily basis. It just, we don't need the excess that most people are eating carbs in. So with that same approach, you're gonna give your body time to um, basically figure out what to do with all the glucose that they are consuming on a daily basis. So basically, obviously I like the keto approach, so, it would be good that they're gonna get uh, a lot more healthy fats in on the low carb days. So they're gonna get a lot of the uh, cholesterol and saturated fats that help with hormones in the body. Like cholesterol is essential for every process in the body. Mm -hmm. So I like just seeing that. Taking out carbs or lowering carbs is gonna keep people away from a lot of the junk food that they consistently add in insane amount of calories from like your ice creams, like your chips, all the things that people overeat on and go towards a healthier alternative, so like proteins and fats for the most part, and then they can have their cheat meal or refeed meal where they can go out to dinner with family or whatever. And I can see that being just a healthy way to live, so that's almost going back to like the people talking about the 80-20 rule, mm -hmm. 20 is a little high even, so just going down and having like one cheat meal like that a week and then doing a pretty moderate or low carb approach for most of the week, potentially throwing a refeed, a clean refeed meal in there somewhere as well. But I can just see it as a way to keep people eating higher quality foods than what they generally eat. Yeah, for sure. And then along with the cheat meals too, that's something that the 80-20 rule is actually something that Michael Morelli kind of preaches on. Um, and he kind of talks about as well. Um, and I think now I'm not... 100% positive, but I believe in his book, he has that you can take a cheat meal two to three times in a week. Now, the reasoning is, is because he does try to divide each day up into five meals. And he says, based on how many meals you're getting, you should be okay to take that cheat meal. But obviously, like we said, 
that doesn't really necessarily work for myself. Everybody's different. That kind of turns into the 80-20 rule more or less. But um, for me, it's literally turns into one sheet meal a week. And the rest of what I eat is like extremely clean. Like it's very, very clean. So the only time I like will eat... Um, and we kind of had the conversation today, like I don't do any kind of pops, any kind of sodas, anything like that that has any kind of that excess sugar in it. So the any any time that I'll eat anything that's unhealthy is in a pizza or in something a cheat meal. I think our last cheat meal, which everyone don't don't be disappointed in me, but I didn't get didn't get pizza from a last cheat meal. Our last cheat meal was actually Mexican food. Um, we went and uh, ate at La Mesa, but. Even even then, the only carbs that we really got out of the whole entire meal were from tortillas and like chips. Like those were the carbs, and that's part of the reason why I do like Mexican food. It was high in fat, but didn't get that much carbs in um, for the cheat meal, which was okay with us because I had a lot of sweet potatoes that morning before, so it worked out okay with me. But um, uh, it was it was a great cheat meal and a great thing to do. But like I said, if I were to eat like a cheat meal or like a refeed meal several times, then I it probably most likely the diet would not work as the uh, the way I'd want it to. I wouldn't go down in weight or body fat percentage. I know that I'd probably I'd probably be a pretty good area to maintain. So for myself, like I said, everyone's different. You really have to mess around with what works best for yourself. But for me, I found this really good median and eating, doing a complete, like a refeed cheat meal one time during my whole entire week cycle. So I'll still eat really clean throughout the whole rest of the week. Very, very clean. And then that one time, it's just like, man, give me whatever I want because I'll just eat it. So that's when I, that's normally when I'll do the, you know, the appetizer, the the pizza, and sometimes when the wife's feeling it, I'll do the dessert. So, <laughs> but for the most part, like I said, the 80-20 rule to, for me turns more into a 90-10 or a 95-5. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I said, I'm very, I stay very clean with everything I do during the week. And then it's just that one feed, one refeed meal on the week that I really go go nuts on. So nice. So what does a normal, uh, let's say, a low carb day look like? And then what is your guess on what you get on a high carb day for carb intake? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So this is one of another thing that I'll address before I get crazy into it. I know you are very very good at counting calories, very good at it. Um, however, for myself. Um, with the carb cycling plan, it's something that I don't count calories too much. It's more of a portion thing, um, but it's more based on, you know, sizes. Now, the reason why I started doing this is this is a, another Michael Morelli thing he has. Um, in his book, he'll talk about some sizes that uh, how you can basically take your hand and divide your hand up for the portions of, um, of, of foods you should be eating, of, of carbs, fats, and uh, proteins. And one of the big things that he preached since day one is the protein content should be about the size for each meal should be about the size of the palm of your hand. And it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, little just a rule of thumb to go by. Um, now, like I said, if you do want to count calories, it's not going to be perfect. But I thought I kind of address that to begin with. But on a low carb day, normally what happens is when I start my meal off, I'll do I'll, or my day off, I'll either do sausages or I'll do eggs, something without any carbs hardly at all. But I will try to throw in like a quarter of a sweet potato, uh, maybe even a half if it's something smaller. So I like to throw that in just because it is a low carb day, but mainly so like you kind of said, the only time 
for yourself during, you know, during your normal training to, to consume carbs is around your workouts. Normally on low carb days, I try to do the same, but if I'm not working out or if I'm trying to do something different, then I'll do my carbs in the morning so I can use that energy throughout the day. The last thing I'm going to do is try to get my carb intake on a low carb day at night, right before I go to bed when I can't really use it. So, um, that being said, normally when I wake up, it'll be like eggs with the yolk in it for the fats, um, or those sausages, something small for carbs on the low carb day. If it's a no carb day, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's no carbs, absolutely zero. So, um, so yeah, I'll go really high protein for my breakfast, really, uh, moderate fats, and then throughout the day, I'll try to keep my fat content at the you know moderate level throughout the day. I don't try to get like one meal where it's super, super high. Um, but my protein content will be about the same. It's very steady. I'll try to eat more protein in the morning and then kind of cut it down throughout the rest of the day as well, as long as I still hit kind of what my goal is. But that's kind of what my no and low carb days look like. Now, my high carb days, that so... I'll let you kind of go on what are some of the best foods, carbs, to be eating on high-carb days, and why are they different from other carbs? So, I'm pretty basic when it comes to my carb sources, so I do really like sweet potatoes. I do tend to eat more like jasmine rice, so something that's going to digest pretty easily, especially right around my training. So I want something that's a little higher glycemic index, so it uh, I can utilize that energy from it faster. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I want that insulin response around my training to really maximize the protein and everything that I'm also putting in my body to get it into the muscles where I want it. Um, otherwise, I do like berries, like fruit. So I do, we touched on a little bit, like pretty much the only sugar I get comes from uh, berries or small fruit like that because it's so high in antioxidant and it's pretty moderately low in carbs overall. I mean, outside of that, I mean, I'm basic. I kind of enjoy oatmeal if I can put like blueberries and stevia in it. Oh, yeah. Which you hate blueberries, but same <laughs> If you, you can doctor it up pretty well. Like, oh, yeah. I enjoy like high quality carbs. So For I'm sure. the one that's going to go out and eat some crazy amount of ice cream or something like that. Again, I don't remember the last time I had ice cream. Yeah. So um, sometimes pre-workout, I'll do something like a cinnamon raisin bagel. Yeah. So very rarely I will throw in some like bread or some like pasta options, but it's very, very rare. And when I do get pasta, I'm a stickler in the ingredients and I'm Look for the cleanest pasta options. Yeah, the other day, for the other day when we were walking around Whole Foods, I, you were very adamant about what has canola oil in it and like stuff like that. You were going really in depth in the ingredients, and uh, yeah, that's that's great to great to have that mindset for myself. It would be like you know if I need something carbs. I would grab it and just eat it real fast because I look at it as something that's going to happen quick, get out of my system. But yeah, that's something that I did notice while we were there. You were t checking ingredients on almost everything you were looking at, especially carbs, to see what was in it, what it was cooked in, what it sat in. So it's definitely good quality to have. Because there's so many oils out there that cause so much inflammation. Inflammation will slow, like destroy your body's ability to properly digest food. So I'm big on digest health which again we're 
we're saving that episode because it's going to be an in-depth one for sure. On Definitely. And that's what you talked a little bit about bread too. That's something that I've tried to cut completely out of my diet. Now, I say that right after I talk about how much pizza I eat. So I do eat a lot of bread and the crust of the pizza on my cheat meal. But other than that, like uh, especially during the week, like I said, the 90% of the time I eat very clean. There's no bread at all. I think I remember the last time I ate bread, like bread bread was like with a meal like six months ago, maybe a little bit more. And it just tore me up. And that'll be a huge section we talk about on the digestive stuff too. But uh, very, very, it's, it's rough for me big time. So That's going to be an ingredient thing too because there's like sprouted I think it's sourdough bread mm-hmm. or fermented like there's forms where I'm very picky on my bread too obviously we talked a little bit about ingredients but there's a lot of things that they put in to make bread that cause more of the digestive issues gotcha. and I use bread as like a pre-workout or post-workout something where I need carbs that are going to act very very fast and that's going to be a low sugar fast acting carb option for me so that's the only reason I wouldn't ever eat outside of my eat like training window. Like there'd be no point to consume bread outside of them, in my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure, definitely. But for you on your low carb day, you said you eat your carbs in the morning, try to come out at night. Have you ever tried them before, Ben, for the insulin spike and your lower cortisol and potentially get better sleep? I have never really tried it, um, mainly being the reason that when I was doing a lot of research and everything, um, like I said, if, if there isn't a good use for the carbs, like carbs, I guess a lot of times I try to think about eating it and why I'm eating it. And the more, I guess, when I, the first thing that comes to mind when you think about eating carbs or fats, they're an energy, energy source. And if you're not going to go do anything energy related, then maybe you shouldn't have them. So that's definitely a good mindset to have, in my opinion. Um, you know, but that's why I like to eat them during, in the morning when I do eat the carbs, um, on a low carb day, especially is that, you know, I can get like a whole sweet potato in and be done with my carbs in the morning and be able to use them, especially, you know, when I, when I have off days from the gym and be able to use all my energy up in the morning when I'm walking around at work or whatever it may be. So that way I can basically ensure that by the time I'm done with the day, I've used up as much as I can throughout my carb intake. So there's nothing that's kind of lingering around anymore. So no, I've actually never tried that. Um, but you said for the, you know, the spike in insulin and then also lower cortisol level levels at night. Yep. So the, I know a lot of people, Ben Greenfield is obviously a huge name in the podcast industry and he actually will, a lot of times use like intermittent fasting approach. So he'll do his first, uh, like almost endurance workout with, being fasted and then he'll eat like a keto style high fat or higher carb and fibrous vegetables during the day and then post-workout after his explosive and harder training session he'll have his carbs and that tends to be closer before bed and he noticed the improved sleep is one of the biggest things he notices so it's kind of like refueling slash promoting better sleep gotcha and i'm sure that has a lot to do with also when you're finished working out obviously your body goes through a lot of natural stress from it so your cortisol levels are already elevated naturally from just the workout and by increasing carbs right after and correct me if i'm wrong that spikes insulin levels which will decrease your cortisol levels correct yep exactly perfect so that kind of and that's so he's saying it makes him easier to go to sleep because of that yep so okay yeah like he'll and sometimes he'll do like um, 
really, really dark chocolate or cocoa, which has a bunch of its own health benefits. Yeah. But that could be some carbs as well. For sure. But yeah, he's he likes almost like an intermittent fasting approach, followed by keto-style meals, followed by uh, post-workout slash before-bed carbs. For sure, definitely. So we kind of talked, obviously, the last week we did our sleep episode. And we uh, just posted that one up actually yesterday, but um, that uh, we in the episode we kind of talked about how I lo- I used to like to work out late, uh, late late at nights, and then but we also said you know when I did work out late at nights after I got home from the gym it would take like two hours for me to actually be able to wind down and fall asleep. So by doing that and try to get carbs right afterwards, that might help me kind of wind down a little bit to where I can kind of maybe go to bed sooner. Yep. And the big thing is also the, if you work out really close to bed, the temperature thing. So if you're training late, end it with a cold shower, not for anything fancy, just lowering your core body temperature before bed. Gotcha. Definitely. So a couple different things people can do, especially if you... I know a lot of people don't have a choice when they can work out. They just have, if they go into the gym, it has to be at a certain time, and that time might be 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So definitely some tips for people who do struggle with the sleep, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, um, to do, especially with the carbs as well. But that, yeah, definitely, that's something I'll definitely have to try with, uh, uh, especially late late nights of training on, on the days that I am allowed to eat carbs. So Something that is definitely worth a shot just to try to promote better sleep, which obviously plays a huge role, as in we said with the last podcast, uh, how important sleep is for weight loss. So doing things like that to promote better sleep. Like sometimes when I was really, really low carb and like show preps, I would literally eat my bowl of oatmeal before bed and I'd get the best sleep ever from just a bowl of oatmeal. Wow, that's crazy. That makes perfect sense when you look at it kind of on that level. but. To be honest with you, I never would have even thought about doing something like that. So that's definitely something I'm going to try. Um, So a couple of the benefits, the biggest benefits from doing the carb cycling, um, especially some of the ones that um, Michael Morelli preaches um, and something that we'll kind of go into here is how does it actually work? I know a lot of people are very, very confused on how it actually works. Now, one of the – and that was something for me especially, you know, I'm very into like the – have what actually is going on and happening in your body and how you actually burn fat. And we did talk about how it kind of helps regulate the hormones. And by eating as much as you, your leptin levels will rise. And then also your cravings go down and your ghrelin levels by by eating the way you do. Um, but that's a couple different things. And then I also, obviously, it helps with performance, um, helps with your cholesterol levels, and also with the insulin sensitivity. How does it kind of go into, like, which, how that actually works? So it's basically, it's not the easiest thing to explain, but obviously we're going low carb for a lot of the benefits of the hormones. So we're giving our body time to properly regulate those things based on our body being basically deficient in glucose or low in glucose. Mm-hmm. So it's forcing different processes in our body to take over. And then when you're not doing carbs, your body is getting that almost like a rest time for insulin. So when you do eat it again, you're going to, again, it goes down, comes down to better use of the food you're eating. Gotcha. So what keeps people from like gaining a bunch of weight on high carb days? I know one of the things that I was explained to me 
was that when you do have these high carb days, one of the most important things you should do is train and train hard. Now, what keeps, like I said, even if I do train hard and I'm in a surplus on the high carb days, what keeps me from like gaining a bunch of body fat on those days? How can, how does that work so I can lose body fat? Well, you're just refueling the gas tank. So it's refueling the storage. And then obviously when you get that influx of calories, like you said, uh, leptin levels are going to be the main one that's affected. So leptin goes up, that's going to tell your body, like we have excess energy to burn. So you're it's going to rank up, crank up metabolic rate. You'll actually probably run a lot hotter on those days. So I don't know if you've noticed body temperature changes. Yep. It's huge because your body cranks up. It's basically furnace how many calories it's just burning naturally. So that's going to be a huge factor. And then again, just better use of the nutrients you're eating. So when you do have a high carb day, that insulin hasn't had to work so hard. So your pancreas is going to respond better when you eat those carbs and your body's going to clear them more efficiently. So your body's going to, basically, glucose is technically toxic in our bloodstream. Mm -hmm. That's why diabetes, you know, chop limbs off. Like, it's not supposed to be that for extended periods of time. So when our body's trying to clear it, trying to clear it, and it can't get it out or get it where it wants it, intermuscular or in the liver, it's going to store that in the outer post tissue. But when our body has a good response to eating those carbs, we're going to get it into the it's actually cell receptors mm -hmm. is technically and there's a technical part to how insulin helps basically open up and it binds to the cells in your muscular and your liver but basically it's just clearing the pathway making it a better pathway to get carbs where we want them instead of where we don't want them perfect so by literally by eating going a, a period of time without any any carbs and then spiking that with our high carb days that insulin reacts so the insulin reaction happens so quickly and so effectively the insulin sensitivity um, that we can shuttle basically shuttle these carbs so they don't get turned into fat they don't sit around and don't go into fat they can be shuttled towards you need them so I mean obviously if we ate high carb days on our off day and didn't do anything then that's when it would we wouldn't have any use for it It'd be shuttled in the fat but a lot of the things that I like to do personally is high carb days are normally when I like to do leg day because you burn so many calories and you lose i mean you use so much energy during your leg days because those are the biggest muscles you have on your body is the low waist down is the most amount of muscle you have on your body so by being able to utilize all that and utilize those carbs on that day first off you get an amazing training day in it feels like so good you get a great pump great muscle contractions everything feels really really well but on after being able to do that, you can use all those carbs that are in your system so that you don't have to worry about them being shuttled into fat. So on your high carb days, when you're going way super crazy on your carbs, you don't have to worry about any kind of fat accumulation happening or being, them being shuttled into that adipose tissue. And then once you get out of your high carb day, if you haven't, if you literally haven't gained any fat because your training was good, your eating was good, and then you go into two or three low carb days right afterwards, then you literally only have fat stores to use as energy. So in your normal training days, even though they won't feel as great as what the high carb days do, you get such an amazing fat burning state from doing that. So by that's, that's the biggest, I guess, the way I understood it. That was the best way to kind of describe how you can lose so much fat and change your body fat percentage by doing a carb cycling program. Yes, for sure. So, I mean, 
Exactly. There's not really a different way to go about that. It's a great approach for most people. Most people could, like, just like you said, it's not about tracking calories. It's not about understanding macros. Like, a basic carb cycle approach is a very easy thing to understand and apply. So, like, even though it's good to understand the why behind things, mm -hmm. like, it's also comes down to how you how well people can stick to the plan and like that hand measurement thing that you were talking about it's things like that that make carbs cycling so easy for people to stick to yeah and it's for every single meal like literally every single meal as long as i can put my hand out and literally see that a chicken breast i can cut to that to that size or a piece of steak or whatever piece of meat i have as long as i can get the same amount as the palm of my hand and what's so great about this too, and this is like, this is like, it's so basic, but it's ingenious. And I love this from Michael Morelli for like kind of putting the system together is think about myself. Think about me and you. We're big dudes. We need a lot more to eat, but our hands are big. <laughs> now, if you have somebody who wants to do this, that's thinking, you know, well, they're eating the size of the palm of their hands. That's a lot more than I should be eating. Whoever, you know, whoever it may be, if you're smaller, your hands are going to reflect that same size difference. So literally, if you're something super, super small that wants to gain muscle on a carb cycling program, which is one of the uh, one of the things that you can definitely do on it, then this is a system that you can use and still get a very close estimate to the calories you need to be on. So just the, the idea of being able to use your hand, and big people have bigger hands, small people have smaller hands, it's just amazing in the sense of like, the way that he put that together works so well in that sense. But um, he, like I said, uh, I did this all before he came out with the sweet potato diet book. I did this from his old YouTube videos and all this and that. So I, I was, you know, firsthand. I did that kind of all. And then uh, he came out with the book literally after I lost all my weight, which was really funny. Um, but I still bought the book. I still use it. I read it. It's an amazing book that tells so much about different kind of uh, carb sources and especially the sweet potato because it is a sweet potato diet but um, just an amazing book and great great knowledge from it um, but then they kind of go in depth uh, in, in the book if, if you get the book he goes into depth about how to use your hands for uh, carb sources and fat sources as well and it's just like I said it's an amazing system that no matter who you are you can use it and not have to count calories and not have to even understand macros and you'll get a very very positive benefit from it so if you're trying to add muscle would you increase your amount of high carb days? So that would be, yeah, that would be something that I would definitely look into. Now, I wouldn't go crazy like doing, like, I wouldn't turn it, I would not make it more complicated than a carb cycling uh, plan. But especially on what you're trying to gain in, that would be when I would definitely plan my high carb days around when your, uh, what you want what your biggest goals are so if you have specific goals whether it be just like you know i really need to work on my legs i really need to work on my upper body i want my arms to be bigger you know everybody in their training program you know me and you firsthand examples we know what parts of our body that we need to work on and which parts that we should work on more than others so that's when you need to plan everything around but you can gain a significant amount of muscle by doing this because you can keep your protein content high, extremely high, in a high enough state to where you can still gain muscle from it. And the best part is you can gain muscle without having to gain that excess fat because like we talked about, you're in a state to where maintenance is very, very possible and gaining is very possible as well. So um, a very great way for you to, like I said, keep your protein intake high, 
um, and keep your fluctuate your carb days on the days that you need to really work on which muscle groups you're specifically looking for um, and be able to keep your fat down. So definitely that's it's something that if, if you're looking to gain muscle on, I would still look into it. It's something very, very great that you're not going to get. You're definitely not going to get a bulky feel to yourself or a bulky look. Um, it's a, like I said, a great way to stay lean. That's awesome. And that's one of my biggest things in the off season or when I'm trying to add size. People typically notice how lean I stay and it's for the insulin sensitivity benefits. It's for all those hormone regulation aspects instead of just, you see a lot of people get really fat in the off season. Then when they finally do cut down, you notice they didn't really add much muscle or tissue that they're going to retain through the cut. Where if you're doing a diet where you're going to be able to stay leaner during that process, it's only going to increase how much muscle you keep when you decide to go back into a cutting phase. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's why I like it a lot. Like I said, no matter what your goal is, this is definitely a diet. And and this is just such a healthy lifestyle as well. Like the health benefits you get off of just doing something like this, especially especially with the insulin sensitivity, um, you know, and cholesterol alone are just, that's something that everyone should look into, especially if you're somebody who is worried about, you know, becoming, you know, diabetic or something runs in your family or something like that. This is definitely a plan I would tell you to look into um, because of the benefits you can get from them. For sure. Um, actually currently emailing uh, one of our potential guests. So on one of the next few episodes, uh, we're looking into getting a couple of guests on here that might be able to bring some unique views or bring some information, motivation that'll help get more viewers for us, get more uh, good, positive um, motivation, different views on yeah. obviously different topics and yeah for sure and to help educate us too like that's one of the things we are constantly learning like every day on different stuff whether it may be like before we talked about carb cycling even though we were pretty we, we knew what it was very well like we still looked up some stuff and found some new stuff out about it so somebody that can bring the information to us and to you guys that's the biggest thing but yeah so what what's the what it's you got email in her you said yep so i just responded to her last email we're trying to correlate it for being the next episode we record. So potentially this weekend, we're trying to iron out the details. We'll yeah. talk off Mike, obviously. About yeah, for sure. That'll be pretty exciting stuff. Your schedule, my schedule, and uh, kind of figure out where hers stands. Yeah, for sure. Very exciting stuff. So, so potential guests to be on the podcast, too. Um, and I'm sure she could definitely give us feedback on some of the past stuff, the previous stuff we've talked about, too. Um, just to kind of give us, you know what she liked about it and uh you know have her listen into a couple and give some tips that we didn't hit on for people because that's all that, like i said uh, we're constantly learning and anybody else that can help us uh help us get there is huge exactly looks like uh you still have to read the initial email but it looks like something that can could be a great episode perfect yeah well that's another thing too but we're uh, definitely not running out of ideas for episodes. That's something we have a, a huge pile of. But one of the biggest things we're constantly asking for is any if you guys hear something that you guys want us to talk about, anything like that, feel free to shoot us an email, like the Carb Cycling Today 
Very, very good topic. And like I said, something we're going to talk about. We're going to get into intermittent fasting, a couple other diets. and um, But yeah, if there's anything specifically you want us to talk about, whether it be a five-minute segment or, segment or whether it be an hour long like we normally do, an hour and a half, um, you let us know. We'll be happy to go into it for you guys. We want you guys to be interested in it. Um, but uh, would you say, back on carb cycling, would you say that is a fad diet? No, I definitely wouldn't say it's a fad diet. Mainly because feast and famine has been around forever. So there's been periods of time where we're lower in food, lower in ability to get carbs, and then there's periods of time where we're in surplus. So it's very, very ideal for being, bringing us through natural cycles that we've gone through since the beginning of time, basically. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So it's a way to like treat your body in a way that's not going to be overindulging all the time just because now we have access to it. And that's going to be, I feel like, very beneficial for a lot of people that constantly overeat like I know I used to, for sure. Oh, yeah, that was definitely huge. And like we said, especially with regulating your ghrelin levels, uh, that's going to help with those cravings big time too with it. But I guess a lot of the times when I think about fad diets... I guess it's more of something that pops up really quick. People see some results on and then kind of goes away. But do you think this is obviously something that, you know, kind of did pop up pretty quick. And, you know, when it did pop up pretty quick, everyone kind of hopped on. A couple of people did. I know I was one of the big ones, but it kind of grew pretty quick. Um, and do you think this is here to stay for a long time? Or do you think this will, you know, five, ten years, everyone will be talking about something new? Well, there will always be something new to talk about, but bodybuilders have been using carb cycling for a lot longer than it's been in the mainstream. Yeah. So it's been it's already been around for a lot longer than most people realize. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, definitely. No, I would totally agree with that. I think a lot of people, the more it kind of the more it kind of popped up there, I think a lot of people kind of got some good information out of it and tried it, and hopefully it worked for everyone who did. But I think, like I said, this is one of the best diets and best ways to live a healthy lifestyle besides just doing what your goals are. So um, I think this is definitely something that's going to be around for uh, like for the mainstream, at least like we said, for a long, long time. And I think if you haven't tried it, it's definitely worth a shot. I know, uh, especially for Michael Morelli, he, uh, in, in the first two weeks of just substituting all the carbs you've eaten, two weeks just with sweet potatoes, he claims that you can lose a crap ton of weight just within two weeks so if you're looking to lose weight quick or if you have a goal or something big happening like i know we've got so many weddings coming up it seems like it's a wedding season right now for sure but we got so many things coming up uh, to be places so if you're somebody who just wants to try it out just for the benefits of the weight loss and the fat loss give it a shot see what you like but like i said if you're if you're somebody who just is looking for something that you can do on an everyday basis for from now 10 years 20 years the rest of your life this is definitely something I would look into doing. Which is awesome too because there's very few mainstream diets or things that people refer to as a diet that you can healthily or stay on and be healthy for extended periods of time. Yeah, and this isn't – I wouldn't even consider this like a like a diet. I would not consider this like uh, being, being something like uh, – you know, something – like I said, like and kind of like what you said, something that you just do for a short period of time to see some results out of. 
Um, this is just, this is literally just, it's more of a lifestyle than it is a diet. I mean, you just wake up every morning and you look at the, uh, I have mine on the, on a magnet on the fridge and I say, what's today? It's a low carb day. And then throughout the day, several times throughout the day, I mean, I'll have like, I've got people, people who are around me, people who, you know, see me on an everyday basis, whether it be my in-laws or, or my wife or friends, like they'll ask me, they'll literally ask me, you know, is, is today high carb day, low carb day? Cause I've got them, everybody's so well trained. It's like whenever I go anywhere or eat something, especially if somebody makes something for me, I'm like, make sure you have a lot of protein and then I'll pick out the carbs. <laughs> so everyone's constantly asking, it's like, is it, is it high carb day? Is it high carb day? And I'm just like, no, mainly it's always normally a low carb day. <laughs> but yeah. So like I said, it's just some, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. There is nothing really, it's not, when you think about a doing a diet to lose weight, this is not something I consider, like, I consider this just a, something you do from here until whenever, from here, here from now on, just to lose weight, so. Yeah, it's just a healthy lifestyle choice, really. Yeah. Like, it takes you away from a lot of the garbage that people overconsume and forces you into kind of being responsible for what you're eating. Yeah, no, exactly, that's, and that's the exact same way that I look at it, too, so. Definitely a lot of information we gave people out on it today. Like I said, if it's if it's something you want to try, give it a shot. Um, definitely, it's one of my favorite things. I know TJ does a couple other things, but I'd like to see you try it too. Um, I don't know if have you ever done a carb cycle before. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Anyone that's ever competed does carb cycle. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, we haven't really talked about what you did for yourself carb cycling, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, carb cycling is pretty basic. Literally, my low days would be uh, under fifty grams of carbs. My high days would probably be between three and 400 grams of carbs. Yeah, for sure. And I just keep it clean, obviously, because I was doing it in prep. And most of the carbs on the high-carb day, I'd still put right around my workouts. Yeah. So very similar concept. Literally, low-carb days would be real low. And then my high-carb days would be whatever is really adequate for that muscle group that I'm training. That yeah, day. for sure. So if it falls like three days low, one day high, and that high day falls on arms and shoulders, I'll probably eat 200 grams of carbs. If it falls on legs, I'll probably eat 400. So it's just, I do it in that way where it's every like two or three days low, one day high, two, three days low, one day high. And just follow that all the way through and adjust as I need. Yeah, that's perfect. Sounds pretty good. All right, is there anything else you wanted to add in before we call this uh, episode? <sighs> we nailed it pretty hard. Um... People are going to definitely be curious. If, if nothing else, they'll be curious about it for sure. I feel like, uh, like I said, a lot of info, but yeah, people are going to, hopefully we get a couple of people. Well, like we said last episode, as long as we get that one person, that's all that matters for us. One person to be educated, one person to help out in their life. So, And if you guys do check it out, do try it and start getting progress, take the Head on Collision podcast on Instagram. Let us see your progress. Yes. See if you're liking what we're putting out there. Before and after pictures are always hard, especially if you're new to this. But please take before pictures because you will you will definitely want them um, for when you when you are successful and you lose a lot of weight. So 
um, and you, you change your life around. So take before pictures and uh, whether it be tagging us in them now to get some accountability. I mean, that's another thing that we we're, we want to offer is a lot of accountability through the, whether it be the podcast or through social media. So take before pictures if you want to give this a shot or anything. If you're new to it and you just want to start living healthy, you want to start going to the gym, stuff like that. Tag us in what you tag us in your stuff. We're gonna follow along with you guys big time. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, take those before pictures so that way you, when you have your after pictures, you can compare because you will definitely want them and trust me on that. So, um, but yeah, tag us on, tag us on social media, tag us on our Instagram. Uh, you know, we got our Facebook page up and running as well. Um, we're going to do a couple things with that and shoot us an email as well. If you guys need help, if you have questions, if it's, if something's not working for you guys, head on collision podcast at gmail.com is our, is our email. So hit us up on there. Um, that's a great way for you guys to personally hit me or TJ. Um, and we can kind of help you out on, on a one-on-one -on -one level too and give you recommendations. But, um, yeah, for the most part, like we said, uh, get us, get it going on social media for us. Um, I'm going to crack open the Kill Cliff, get that in for my little afternoon drink here. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, like, like we said, any kind of topics you want us to hit up, any questions, hit us up. We'll be happy to go from there. All right. That's a wrap, folks. I have to piss so bad. <laughs> it is insane. Holy shit. I was going to piss my pants last, I don't know how long. It felt like hours.